0: Use my brain for you and use it to write songs you. You're all of the best to me. Cause I'm giving all the best to me.
1: Hey friends, welcome to Still With You. My name is Coley Browning and I am the host of this podcast. I am so excited that you are joining me for another episode. And you can tell by the music in the background. We have an artist among us. That's right. I love my friends who make music. And today I'm speaking with someone who has inspired me since I discovered her music. I cannot stop listening to her work. She is a true jewel, not only because she has a golden voice, but for her wisdom that she carries wherever she goes. Right now you're listening to her song, Brighter, that released last week. I'm going to move on and sharing more about her life because she is amazing. Jones is a passionate and gifted writer and musical artist who travels around the world singing, speaking, and inspiring people to deepen and strengthen their relationship with the Lord. Beneath her ministry and calling as an individual lies the foundation of her family group. Forever Jones. Doe began traveling in ministry with her parents and four brothers and sisters from a very young age and is still blessed to travel and minister with her family band from time to time. To date, Forever Jones has been nominated for two Grammys, Six Stellars, and two Dove Awards with chart-topping gospel hits like He Wants It All. In 2018, Doe received her third Grammy nomination for Best Gospel Performance as a Featured Solo Artist on Cycles with Jonathan McReynolds. As a solo artist, Doe has released beautiful passionate worship and inspirational songs such as give thanks deepest part of you and a personal favorite of mine reach Although she has seen some success over the years, she knows her work is far from done. Doe has a big heart that desires to see people transformed, changed, and restored by her music and the power of God's presence. In my conversation with Doe, we dive deep in discussing her experience in growing up in music ministry, developing self-confidence, and doing more to use our voice in partnership with the Holy Spirit, rather than feeling like we need to over-explain. Guys, she was so generous in her advice to me and gave me a much needed pep talk. Again, the song that you're listening to right now is Brighter. Her new single she released last week, and I cannot get enough of this beat playing in my life. You can listen now wherever you stream your music. Today, I am sending out all praise hands emojis in celebration of this friend, her beautiful voice, her heart, and all of her hard work. It is a true honor to know her, and I hope you enjoy this meaningful conversation. Please welcome to Still With You musical artist, Doe. How has your COVID-19 experience been or like, how are you doing right now?
0: Um, It's been really interesting. Sometimes when I feel like things are like going up and down and really weird or like, I feel like I don't have a grip on my life more so than I used to feel because I've always kind of felt that
1: way Yeah,
0: (laughs) because there's so much going on, but it's it's just more and it's more of an intense feeling like that. I have to remind myself that we're living in this new normal and like This is why you're feeling lonely right now. And you're going to have to be even more intentional about community and developing that and yada, yada, yada. So, I mean, it's just really interesting. I have not stopped traveling though. I continued to travel. I think within a few hours of the announcement that things were about to shut down, I've received like three text messages from different pastors saying, Hey, can you come lead worship for our church for this, 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 and that. And I said, okay and that's how my life has been it's been beautiful and that i get to travel around and see how the church is adjusting to this moment and i'm just like so blessed and encouraged and challenged like do you can adjust your ministry and you have to because that is our call regardless of any crisis that's happening in the world we have to remember that Christ still translates through every medium that we have to use, you know, whether that's face to face or through a recording or a camera or this and that. And so, yeah, that's been like really cool to watch the church do what we do.
1: You went to House of Fort Worth and then Transformation. And were you just at Motion? I was. Yeah. (laughs) We had that like streaming in our house. Um, I didn't catch all of it, but I definitely went to like the leadership training. Our students at our church attend that. And so we had a friend of ours who was like leading through a Zoom group. So he was at our
0: house all day like playing that. So that is so cool. Have you been to motion before? No, that was my first time. I have a couple of friends that are close with the pastors yeah. there and have been, you know, leading there and um and I think that they saw me lead at VU and then a friend of mine was just having a conversation with them and I ended up there and I'm I'm really grateful for the opportunity because I've heard so much about their ministry and what's even more special than hearing about somebody's ministry is seeing their ministry. But seeing them behind the scenes and realizing okay, their heart is just as gold as what's being portrayed on, you know, social media or getting to see people behind the scenes is, is special for me.
1: I feel like it puts you in a unique place where you're able to go to different cities with different churches and see places and even groups of people worship one God, but express it differently. Absolutely. What has that taught you about God specifically in this season? What has that taught you?
0: It's been a learning experience. I'm not going to lie and act like I've always valued every expression and felt like that they're all important because I came from a really great church background and upbringing especially with my parents and everything I've been exposed to and being someone who is very charismatic, I believe in all of the giftings that are mentioned in the Bible and condoned in the Bible. And I have this desire to see, you know, revival and feel like I know what that's going to look like when really none of us know what that's going to look like until it happens. For me, traveling and meeting people and learning people has helped balance a lot of that out in that there are people that are reaching souls and preaching the gospel, it may not look like what you were raised up in, but they are advancing the kingdom of God. You read about how the disciples were like, oh, these people over here are preaching your name, but they're not part of our group. And Jesus is like, if they're not against us, then they're for us, you know? And I think that it puts that whole concept into perspective for me to realize that like there are people that are doing it and I can have close knit relationships even with these people and that my perspective can grow. And and when your perspective grows, your reach grows, you know, because you're not only able to connect with people who look like you and sound like you, you're able to connect with everybody Mm -hmm. and reach everybody, reach more people who speak a different language. I think music is a language. It's a Box full of different languages that can be spoken. Oftentimes, and this is just me using music as an example. You have people that will go crazy in a crowd when their genre of worship is played. And then in another setting, if they don't like the way the music sounds, they're gonna fold their arms and just Mm -hmm. stare and be like, I don't like that. That's not the way you worship. But I'm like, hey, whatever God's receiving, I'm down with. And if we're if we're talking about him, I'm jumping in the pot and I'm gonna give it everything I've got. that's really what I've learned in in being in all these different circles.
1: What age were you when Forever Jones started? Do you mind me asking? Yes, I do mind you. No, I'm kidding. I was like Forgive me. Sometimes I I, I get where I'm like, I just want to be very respectful so sometimes I'm like, Coley, just ask the question for Pete's sake.
0: Yeah, ask it all, you know. You don't feel like that in person who catches people off guard. I want to hear everything you have to ask.
1: Okay, well thank you. I appreciate that. You've been serving Jesus since you were kid. And
0: so what age were you when your family started Forever Jones? See, we moved there when I was 15. I turned 16. I don't know what age that like the group was named, but I feel like it was like 16. No, it was like 17. Your family
1: is so musical. And Thank you. in having done that all of your life, how you have handled that at such a young age, being Grammy nominated, receiving tons of attention from your fans, your followers, just people who loved the work that your family did. And I was wondering if you ever felt like walking away from that or what you even learned through the weight of that?
0: Yeah, I think there's a weight that comes with it. Um, I'm trying to think back because my all the while when I was in high school and we were doing Forever Jones, it hadn't really like taken off like it uh, was going to right after high school. Gosh, yeah, I think for me, it probably affected my schooling. If I could like raise myself in that setting, have a kid and, and do that with my family, I know there were things that I would put into place to help another me in that. I still finished high school and I I went on to college and I I finished and graduated and got my degrees and stuff, but it was like new, it was a new concept of, you know, being out of town and I already had problems focusing in school and and procrastinating and getting things done. And I look back at that, I know that it affected me there, but there, there really wasn't a whole lot of pressure per se. I think we were really protected from a lot. It was just a lot of like getting up and and working and and people looking at it and thinking like, oh, you get Mm -hmm. to travel the world and you get to do this. And yeah, we got to do it, but it was work. And it wasn't a vacation when we traveled. yeah Honestly, I'm really grateful for that time. But I was a kid, you know, now that I'm doing this as a woman, like I'm having to be more responsible because I'm the one making the decisions. I'm the one talking to the labels or people that are asking me to sign this paper and the lawyers. If anything, I look back at that journey and I have to keep telling myself, Don't let people treat you like you're new, Mm -hmm. like you're a new artist, like you're new to this. You know who you are. You know what you're capable of. And when you walk into a room, you have to walk like you have experience. It's the thing that that I look back to and I'm like, I have to have confidence because of this. Yeah. This is not new to me. I think also Forever Jones, like it's pretty cool. Sometimes I'll be in gospel spaces and it'll like get me into certain things because people are like, oh yeah, you're from Forever Jones. And I'm like, thank you. God. <laughs> well, that is
1: definitely deserved. I discovered your music. First song, I listened to the deepest part of you. And then I had to rewind and realize, oh my goodness, she's been doing this for a long time now. Those albums are gold. So when you say like, it got you into it, I want to say, no, you put in the hard work. They are amazing. I love them so much.
0: Thank you so much. Yeah. I love my my family and I love what we got to do in that moment. And I'm going to cherish it forever. But you know, you asked like, if I ever wanted to walk away from it, no, I didn't. I love music, and we grew up doing music for a long time. I think if I could go back, I probably would appreciate it more. I would look around more, and you know, everybody says that. I just would soak up that moment, and and probably do more with the success that we had with our platform and stuff. Because I don't know. I just think when you get to do things with your family, <laughs> it's really special. And we still support each other now, so it's not like they're not there, but that was a moment in time, and I was a kid.
1: You mentioned don't let other people treat you like a new artist. Own your confidence. That is so important for anyone to hear, but specifically believers, because I myself am someone who struggles with like having self-confidence, yeah. and I sometimes don't lean, to be honest. I don't lean on the Word of God. I lean on what other people say about me. Yeah. I've had friends tell me like, Coley, you cannot do that. I mean, it's the word of man, like that's Mm -hmm. faulty in how you just said that of saying God has brought me here. These are the things that he's calling me to do. I think that we can sometimes see that as pride, Mm -hmm. have those emotions or feelings that we're we're being prideful, but we're not. I love that you just gave everyone permission to say, hey, if you've been like in this for a while and you know your stuff, like own the authority that God's given you.
0: Yeah. And and I had to say that to myself because I'm like you. Mm -hmm. I oftentimes can lean towards who people see that I am instead of who I really am. Sometimes church culture can cast a shadow on true confidence and call it pride. I can't afford to live that way anymore. I think when I got to my 30s, the mistakes of letting someone take advantage of me or feeling like somebody put me in a corner in a conversation and I didn't Say what I needed to say. Are it's more expensive the older you get. You know, I'm looking at it. I'm like, I don't have time for that. And I'm not saying that I don't have moments where I feel like I fail in that. But I get back up and I'm like, okay, next time, this is how I'm going to handle this moment. This is how I'm going to handle this conversation. And then I just want to say to you that you know, one of the ways to get through that and to continually, constantly encourage your confidence is to stop allowing conversations with those people that said those things about you to stop allowing conversations to keep rolling in your mind, to be intentional about not letting those words continue rolling around in your mind. I think one of the ways you combat that is speaking out loud, speaking louder than your thoughts, speaking over your thoughts, what you want yourself to start thinking. And and it doesn't have to be like this really crazy thing, but when you notice that you're thinking about what somebody else said, and it has absolutely nothing to do with who you are, and it's not true, then just changing the channel. Grabbing the remote and changing the channel. That's good. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. And that's what it has to be for me. Why does it matter that they feel like I'm not? I'm not. And I'm not going to have a conversation with them about it anymore. Yeah. So I get you, girl. I'm, I'm with you there.
1: It's hard because, it, in some level, you, when you go to make a brave step, sometimes people are like, Oh, I guess she thinks she's all that. Like she's got something to say. And it's like, Well, I don't have anything to say, but God's got a lot to say. <laughs> he wants to use me. But
0: you do have something to say. How old are you? I'm 24. Yeah. Not to make this podcast about you. I know that you called me to talk about me, but <laughs> you do. You have 24 years worth of experience to say. And oftentimes mm-hmm. when you're 24, we're like, Wait till you're 30 to speak to that issue. And I get that. That's wisdom. And it's great to have people who are wise around you, but don't let anybody talk you down. Like, go for it. You do. You've been through some things by the Mm. time you're 24. You've been through maybe some breakups, some heartache, some ministry lessons, whatever, you know, like, Hey, talk about it. You know, have somebody that you can Mm. run it past that, that loves you and they believe in you and they can say, okay, I think we should wait on this. Yeah, you do. You do have something to say. And I think if God has something to say, He uses people to say it and He gives it to people to say it. So He's using your voice box to say it. So you. Have something freaking to say.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, you have no idea how much that means. Thank you so much. Like, and to all of our friends listening, like that is for you too. You heard Doug say it. Take it. <laughs> yeah. Take it. <laughs> Take it. That made me think of a moment that you shared when you were at Transformation Church. Uh-huh. You mentioned that um Pastor Mike Todd that he invited you when you were 17 years old, that you were leading worship. And was that like the first time that you had done that by yourself?
0: I mean, I've been leading worship for years before then, but that was the first time that I'd like been invited out of town to go like minister.
1: You have shared about that. So God clearly was in that moment doing something big.
0: It was a building block to my journey. Mike, you know, I call him cuz he's like my cousin and he has always believed in my gift. I think sometimes we have people in our lives that can see things in us that we can't see in ourselves. Yeah. And so they're constantly asking for that and asking for us to use those gifts that we don't see as valuable or even realize that God has his hand on. And, and Mike was one of those people in my life. And he was like, Hey, cause I'm bringing you up for this conference. I really want you to lead worship and we're going to pay you what you feel like you would feel honored by. Mm-hmm. I was in this, you know, young naive place of being like, Oh, you you no, know, I'm gonna do it for free. It's for the Lord. It's for the Lord. You know, not understanding that the reason why we call it an honorarium is because it's honor and gift that's in you and even what you've gone through to yield yourself to the Lord, Yeah, he was like, no, we're going to pay you. And I was 17 and I went up there and I led worship and it was scary. You look around, you're 17, you're around all these men and women of God Mm -hmm. and you've been called to go lead worship and lead them into worship. There were moments where I was all in my head and I felt like I missed it. And then there was a moment where we broke through and the presence of God was Mm -hmm. there. And it was a beautiful moment for me. I look back and I'll never forget it.
1: That was like an investment. Years later, we have deepest part of you and reach, and like you're just like running.
0: Life is really, in some senses, the you um, bowing to the process of surrender. For a lot of us, we think that. Surrender maybe only has to do with saying, okay, yes, Lord, I'll lay down my pride and I'll lay down my life. I'll give up the desire of fame and adoration and money to do whatever you ask me to do. And yes, that's a part of surrender. But another part of surrender is saying, okay, Lord, I don't feel equipped or qualified for this position or for this place that you're calling me to in this platform. But guess what? I'm gonna say yes and I'm gonna surrender to that process and whatever that looks like. I'm going to refuse to pay attention to my fear of failure or my fear uh, that people won't receive me and only be concerned about people receiving you. And that's what this is about. It's about your people. It's not about me. I say yes. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, 100%. Because I've heard several other leaders too in my life say that they grew more in their success than they did in their failure. Because when failure, they just tried something else. But when They felt like they had something going. They had to dig deep in their walk and surrender that. Okay, like this is what you want, God. I'm going for it.
0: Yeah, that's pretty big. I learned something from that statement. That's really powerful.
1: It's so true. I've thought about that a lot, even kind of going back to confidence and stuff like how do you receive compliments well?
0: Yeah, because people say, hey, you did great. And you want to be like, oh, it was the Lord, you know, not I, but (laughs) yeah, (laughs) you know, my pastor really helped me out when I was younger. He said, you don't have to do all that. He was like, just say thank you. Let it go in one ear and out the other. Because when you do the whole like humility thing, you kind of squash them building up the courage to walk up to you and say, hey, you're obedient bless me. You know, that's what they're really saying. You saying yes to God and allowing him to move through you is part of the reason why I was blessed today. Like, thank you. And you just say, you know, amen. And mm-hmm. there are moments where people will say thank you and all oh, that bless me. And I'll be like, it blessed me too. You know why? Because sometimes when God gives me a word, like it's for me first, like it completely messes me up you know they're not just listening to me speak i feel like in moments he's using me but we're all in this room and he's like speaking to us and we're all getting blessed by it and it takes right. the pressure off when you already know like it's not that wasn't a revelation that i came up with it convicted me too and I feel like I got a whooping today too. And I got blessed or I was challenged, you know, and people are going to interpret that however they yeah. want to interpret it. And I think that's what we have to let go of is people's interpretation. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You're talking to an over-explainer, like somebody who feels like I always have to explain what I meant by
1: that. Me too. Yeah, you, you've you already heard me say, say things yes. in conversation, but yes, me too. So exhausting. What have you learned from that? And how do we break free of that because I have a kind of another theory that I feel like and maybe the, this won't sit well with other people but like I think honestly sometimes being female I feel like I have to explain myself sometimes.
0: Of course it comes with being a female yeah. right? Because I mean look at Serena Williams right? She yep. gets mad on the court you know obviously part of it has to do with race too but they call her an angry gorilla because she's mad on the court and she throws her racket right? But then a male contest and gets mad and they throw his racket and they say, man, he's such a passionate, (laughs) Yeah, he's such a passionate competitor. Women, you live under this pressure to like explain and over-explain what we mean by this. And like, I'm like, you know what, who cares? And I think a part of it is being intentional. You can't just tell yourself who cares and it's gonna change. In Mm -hmm. moments where you're about to explain yourself you got to close your mouth and hold your tongue. And if you're awake to the issue that you have of over-explaining, then you're awake in the moments when it's about to happen. And that's like truly being intentional and meticulously watching yourself in conversation and saying, today, I'm not going to explain myself to anybody. That's good. But none of that works if you don't bring the Holy Spirit into it. Because if you don't bring the Holy Spirit into it, Then you're just doing it out of fear of being taken advantage of, fear of people misunderstanding you. And fear doesn't need to be in any of your progress in moving forward because it will never steer you fully in the right direction. Come on. Yeah. Adding the Holy Spirit makes the experience wholesome and makes sure that when you're on the other side of this and you're not explaining yourself anymore and you're walking in confidence, that it's based on Him. Its foundation is in Christ and you're reading the Word. And so the Word of God is setting you free. And it's not just, I'm going to take these shackles off myself. And then it ends up being a a move of bitterness for you or a move of regret. And I'm mad that I spent all these years explaining myself. I think it has to be intentional, but it has to be a work of the the Holy Spirit. So I talk to him about it. Like in my prayers, like I have prayers that I've written out because I want to make sure I'm talking to him about the same thing. Every time I go before the Lord, that I'm saying the same thing. And we're getting stuff done, you know. (laughs) Have I go before the judge? And I added scripture to it. You know, my confidence is found in you, Lord. And I thank you that you're, you know. Whatever it is, whatever business you need to get done in your heart, I'd say like write that stuff down because you need to make sure you're saying that over and over and over again when you're talking to him that you're intentional. You know, we know that he hears us, but there's something about fervent prayer. Yes. I mean, that's a whole nother conversation. So I'm going to stop because I'm going on a rabbit trail. (laughs) Say whatever you feel.
1: But I was thinking as you were saying that, like a perfect example to accompany that conversation cycles that you're on with Jonathan McReynolds. Like that is seriously oh, addressing yeah. all of that conversation of just like feeling like you're on a hamster wheel where you cannot get off. I love that song, by the way. That is such a gift.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. I didn't write it. I always have to tell people because I wish I wrote it because it's such a powerful song.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you're in partnership with that song and it has your when we see it, we see your name and so like yeah. it is a gift. It Thank is you. definitely a gift.
0: Thank you so much. Yeah, I remember when I first heard it and I was like, man, this is this is a really powerful song. And but you know what, the moment that we were up there and ministering that song, I mean, if it wasn't a live recording, right? We could have been in that moment yeah. for a, for a minute because cycles is like like you said it's like being on a hamster wheel that you feel like you can't get off of and and that's why you have to add the holy spirit that song is a prayer it's a very powerful prayer and conversation between oneself mm-hmm. and God. Um so yeah, I love that song too.
1: I want to share with you how I actually first discovered your music because I think it honestly shares maybe part of like what a listener how might they discover your music or like what they'd experience in hearing from you. So yeah. right after the song came out, it was 2018, talking about the deepest part of you, I was working for a friend who had a little startup company where we sold like beach teas and She was working on her website, and I was in charge of the Spotify playlist, and we're both believers. So we had beach mix going, we had like a chill soundtrack, yeah, just different Spotify playlists, and we had a spirit-led playlist where we put all of our favorite worship songs. And I am a deep dive Spotify girl, like I love just like finding all types of artists, whether I know them or not. Honestly, it's like social media to me. I just find all types of different music. I was doing just some random searching and I found your song. And at first, I was going to put it on the pop playlist. When I was like offhandedly like listening to it in the background, I couldn't figure out what it was talking about. And then I started like listening intently because I was like this vocalist has an amazing voice. And then I was like, "Oh, wait, like she's one of us. Like she's a, this is this is a song of like about a relationship with Jesus." I feel and again, this is just from like a listener's perspective, but I feel like that's such a gift that you have. You don't know where to place it, but it is sincerely born out of scripture in the true heart of the Father. Have you had that experience at all where people have come to you or discovered your music through a path where they
0: weren't even searching for? That is new. I <laughs> think it's so funny that you heard that song and didn't know it was about the Lord. And now that I think about it, it does sound like a love song. Yeah, that's what I thought it was originally because I was like,
1: okay, we're going to add that to our Valentine's Day like wow. mix. So I, like, I was like, where are we going to put this? But I love that. Yeah. I think that there's something amazing about that. Yeah, no, that's
0: that's really great. Yeah, I think it's interesting because that's the path that I am on now is that my... Um, next project is not going to be a worship project like I thought it was going to be.
1: Oh my gosh, yeah. that's so cool. That makes me almost feel like I
0: was on track. Yeah, girl. And so, which some people are like, you know, we have to get worship music, Ramio, because i that's all they know me for yeah. is like leading worship. And it's just so interesting because now I'm in this spot where like we've got an EP coming out really soon and I'm just like, oh, this is not what I thought it was going to be. But you know that one of the things that I felt in my heart even about this season is that my music it was going to be a surprising direction and that was one of the things that the Lord really showed me and and I didn't know what that meant I thought maybe it had more to do with like the sound and the genre this album almost feels like neo soul and I made a decision to talk about the issues and the things that I walked through with along with God yeah. The more practical things that wouldn't be talked about in a corporate worship setting, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. The most important <laughs> conversations, I feel like.
0: Yes. It, it's like they're so, they're so important conversations because it's like, yeah, of course I can sing that God is good. And of course I can saying about this and that, but like, I really need to know what that looks like when it's applied to my life. And what does God think about relationship? How did you get through, you know, your love life that is non-existent at this point, but how are you walking through that, you know, and different like relational things? Yeah. So there's like this one song on there that is about a relationship that The thing that hurt it the most was poor communication. And I think one of the things I'm excited to talk about when we get to this song, like if I ever talk about it in an interview, is just like the fact that, you know, oftentimes I think church culture puts this thing on women like that we're not supposed to initiate any conversations with the guy. Like, we're just supposed to wait until he says something, which creates the risk of a girl being strung along for years and not really knowing what a guy wants and getting your heart broken. True. Which has been my experience in some instances and that is not the way that yeah. God wanted me to handle that. I look back and I've learned so much that now I'm just upfront, but like I look back and I wish that I had just been okay with saying like, "Hey, what do you want?" This is like really pulling at my heartstrings. And since I don't have the time to be brokenhearted, I, can you just tell me what you want out of this? Do you think that we're friends or do you like me? Because you're acting like you like, like things like that. You know what I'm saying? The world and even sometimes the church has made it seem like doing that is um, is masculine. Like they put these gender roles in, on conversations that need to happen. And, and I mean, like, I like a guy who's going to just straight up tell me, you know, what he wants. A persistent guy, strong. Yes. But like, yeah, I love that. But what I'm not going to do <laughs> is be like, no, the woman mustn't, you know, yeah. the woman mustn't be strong. She mustn't initiate conversation. She must. Yeah. I'm done with all that crap because I believe that we serve a God who communicate and he created communication. That is one of the things that makes the world go round. He speaks to us, but he wants us to speak back to him and he loves it when his children are mature and healthy. Yes. Yes. Enough to communicate with each other and create boundaries and protect their heart. And you know what I mean?
1: I wish my girlfriends were on this call. I love that you're talking about that. Man, you are going to help a
0: lot of people out. Girl, I hope so. I'm going to tell the truth. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Lord, help me to stop and not like put too much out there, but to just say exactly what I need to say. Yeah. Cause I'm a girl who grew up in the church and and I think there are so many beautiful habits that I develop because of wonderful community, but there's some unhealthy things that we need to talk about.
1: Yeah. It's a weird place of where you want to share the gospel, but then you also, there's like, like real conversations that are sometimes seen as negative or just like, they don't have a place on a Sunday morning, which granted that's where I'm like a huge proponent of, okay, small groups, but it does start from the first place you encounter the gospel, you know? So I'm, I'm with you. And also thank you so much for like, Giving me like a little bit of a sneak peek of like what to look forward to. That is so exciting. Do you have a time of when you think
0: that will release? I cannot give you a specific date, but it's going to be released this fall, early fall.
1: That's the time this episode will come out. So that is perfect.
0: Oh, yay! yes.
1: Do you still play the guitar upside down?
0: I do. That's not something that I'll ever stop doing because I don't ever want to (laughs) relearn. So explain to
1: our friends like what that means. I do play guitar, but like I only know five chords. Knowing what that means and watching you do that, oh my gosh, like that looks so complicated. That's so funny.
0: Also shows how talented you are too, so. (laughs) That's so funny. I, well, I'm, it's just that I'm left-handed. It wasn't a stroke of genius thing. It was just like I'm left-handed and I think left-handed people, we live in this right-handed world, like, you know, you grow up having to use the special scissors in class, you're constantly subconsciously turning the world around so that it makes sense to you. And so I didn't know I was playing upside down. I just thought the big string goes in the bottom. That is so freaking obvious. How does nobody know that? And I didn't think it mattered. (laughs) You know, I was like, how? it doesn't matter, you know, because I played piano first. Yeah. I learned how to put chords together. So I knew how to put chords together when I picked up the guitar because you just you pluck it out. And uh, And I watched my sister play and she plays the right way, but I still didn't realize I was playing it upside down. So I moved to Shreveport and I started making guitar playing friends and they were like, why are you doing that? You're holding it wrong. By the time I really realized what was going on, I was like, nah, I am not starting over Getting this whole muscle memory thing down is the hardest part of learning guitar. Mm -hmm. And then from there, you just have to have enough passion to continue to practice and learn new and different things. I do wish I learned the right way sometimes because there are chords that are hard for me and different keys that I'm like, I don't like playing in that key because it hurts this. I'm not a world-renowned guitarist. I'm not trying to be one. I think I'm working on other gifts as well. It's not super stifling. I've had so many people ask me to teach their kid guitar and I'm like, like, no, I play upside down. Like I'm not doing that to your kid.
1: I'm all about like people having like these little eccentric things. I would like, pull that out at every dinner party and be like, yep, I played the guitar upside down. Cool. I wanted to share that with our friends. I think that's cool. Yeah. So you're in Shreveport. Is that like where you think you'll be finishing up the
0: project? Oh. You know what? I might finish the project here. Actually, the EP is finished, and so okay. we are just moving forward with that. As far as the album, I might finish the album here. It just depends on how and what I write next, and or what we go with. It's a fun little process of writing and creating and experiencing and expressing and, and all of that. Um, we'll see. But I do not plan on staying okay. here for a long time. I don't hate it here. I'm just I know this is not the stopping point. This is just a in between.
1: Do you have anywhere on your list that you're like, you want to go next? You talked about Dallas.
0: Yeah, I want to raise a family in Dallas. I don't know if I'll ever get to. I might, yeah. I might be somewhere else that I'll fall in love with. I like Nashville, not because it's Music City. Actually, that part of the city is what kind of makes me nervous. The thing I loved about Dallas is that it was outside of ministry. I was able to come back home from ministry and rejuvenate. And mm-hmm. I had these favorite little spots I would go to. And the dry cleaning was right down the road from my apartment. and I could ride my bike in the neighborhood because it was so beautiful. And um, I want that where I go next. But I like Dallas. um, I like Florida. I like Washington, D.C. There's a couple places where I have like friends and I'm like, yeah, I think I could do that. Nashville has really great people and a really great like cultural feeling there.
1: Yes, I've been a handful of times and everyone is so friendly, like even in traffic, the Nashville way is real. (laughs) Thank you so much for making time for this because your music has just ministered to my heart so much. And I've just had many encounters with the Lord in like the everyday routines of where like I've had your music on when I'm like doing my laundry or like working on a project. I just want to say thank you so much for the the hard work that you've put in because it is hard work because the podcast is called Still With You. I always ask, this question to all my friends. And so I'd love to ask it to you too. And that is, where is God still with you? Still with
0: you for me speaks to the fact that like, you know, this whole lifestyle can cause anxiety because there's no constant anything. Yeah. Uh, everything is constantly changing. Oh, that's constant, it's changed. The pace of it is constantly changing. The people are constantly changing um, and being added and sometimes leaving. And so I think he is my constant peace. And I know that in moments where I am intentional about my time with him, that my heart is still with him. His presence stills any storm that is taking place in my heart. Because a lot of times things happen within us that we are unable to articulate with words. We are so unable to articulate it with words that we can't even really pray about it. That is so true, yeah. Yeah, we can't even say, God, this is what's going on with me. Can you help me feel better about this? We don't even know what it is. It's just a raging storm. Even the things that I'm unable to articulate, God is still very, very much capable of understanding and stilling and calming and bringing peace to. That's what that phrase spoke to me Mm. when I first heard it. And even knowing that sometimes when we see our ministry launch and things get crazy, we can feel far away from him. We almost feel like he pulled the slingshot back and launched us and let us go. Mm. And that the further we go into it, It just feels like people in business drives a wedge between our relationship. But him saying to me, no, I'm still with you. Like I'm still just as close as I was when you had the time to spend hours in my presence, when you had the time to do this and that. I'm still very, very close to you.
1: That is so good. I love that. And I think that that is something where I continue to love having musicians in my life to befriend them is because they, in partnership with God, Inspired by a God, will take what I am feeling and put it to a song and then allow me to sit in it for three minutes. Sometimes I'll repeat it again to have the language that I didn't realize that I felt and that the Lord was like, oh, all along, like this is exactly like how you can worship me. So I'm grateful for the work you do. I extend that even to your family for the work that they've done and like ministering to me personally, as well as countless others. So you're welcome back on here anytime, by the way. I hope maybe we could do like a follow up. I would love to hear more.
0: Yeah, go ahead and we'll get that in the books with Mel. Our girl Mel, she's awesome. Our girl Mel. Yeah, she's the best. Thank you for having me. Oh gosh, it has
1: been like the truest honor.
0: Trust me, I'm gonna let it shine if you keep it burning.
1: Oh my goodness. I had several moments in that conversation where I was like, I just have a pep talk from her (laughs) she was encouraging me and giving me the advice that i needed to hear about cultivating self-confidence and partnership with the holy spirit and not over explaining and not feeling like i have to apologize and i am so grateful for people like her who are willing to speak truth and light in the most loving way in the most needed way in the most let's hear it way every day I need it. And I'm just so grateful for the work and wisdom and beautiful music that Doe is making, creating moments to inspire and encourage me. If you would love to connect with Doe, you can visit her website, Doe Jones Music. You can also follow her on social media, at Doe Jones Music. Her latest single, Brighter, playing right now, is available wherever you stream your music. Make sure you add it to whatever playlist you are curating. It is the best, and I am so excited for the new album that Doe plans to release later on this season. I am already loving the single and I'm excited to hear more. I mentioned the different ways that you can connect with Doe. All of this information will also be found in the show notes of this episode. The official show notes are always on my website, coleybrowning.com I would love to, while you're there, hear from you, connect with you, let me know how I can pray for you, encourage you. I just got a message today about a friend who was touched by Tate's episode last week. My goodness. It just warmed my heart. It really mattered to me. And I'm so thankful for my friend Jen, who took a moment to share it with me. I'm also over on social media. My handle is Browning. K-O-H-L-I-E. I would absolutely love to help you. And like I said, just encourage you in any way that I can. Tell me where you're listening from. And if you would be so kind to rate and review the show, it matters more than you know in helping this podcast circulate the airwaves for our other friends to listen. I love that God is creating such a beautiful circle through this podcast, and I believe in the work that he is doing. Friends, you are amazing. And again, thank you so much for being here. Be bold, be brave, be you. And remember that he is still with you.